0: Hello lovelies, welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. So when I was thinking about what we should talk about today, I kept thinking about the three wise men. Who were these dudes and (laughs) what were they really doing? And then, of course, what's the metaphysical, right? The spiritual, the awakening message behind their story. So before we get into the metaphysics of it all, I actually think it's really important that we talk a little bit about the history. Okay? This is the history. Not necessarily the biblical history. The history. We start there. So... Shortly after Jesus was born, his family went into hiding from Herod. And biblically, we get very little information, just that Herod sort of lost his mind and and thought that this Messiah was coming and wanted to kill him, so put a death sentence on all of the children. This is the widely, very much abbreviated version of the story, but there's a lot more to this story. So Herod was the Roman appointed king of Judea. He built a lot of things and he raised the prosperity and he did some good stuff. But (laughs) as most politicians are, um, well, okay, as some politicians are, he was uh, crooked and a little bit crazy. He was actually Arab in origin and a practicing Jew. And along the path of his life, he became friends with two people I'm sure most of you have heard of. He became friends with (laughs) Mark Antony and Julius Caesar. And through this friendship and all of the discussions that must have taken place during the day, they actually granted him Roman citizenship and Herod started his political career shortly thereafter. He actually ended up having to flee Rome during the Civil War of 40 BCE, and then he was nominated for the King of Judea, which he served as for 32 years. Can you imagine if (laughs) our king, our president, had a reign of 32 years? So fast forward. Other things happen, as you can imagine, right? Anthony ends up having an affair with Cleopatra, and Cleopatra takes a bunch of Herod's best land, um, sort of manipulating Herod through Mark Antony. Um, Awesome. Then another mutual friend, Octavian, comes along and helps him get his land back. And then, as you can imagine, there is some political debt that comes into place. So Herod does some cool stuff. He builds fortresses and palaces. And um, for a long time, he was a pretty decent dude. Then age, (laughs) right? Age and um, senility start to take root in this human. And uh, he becomes quite cruel. The Pharisees are rejecting him because... and. From their point of view, he's a foreigner, and he starts to become more and more paranoid and gets this really violent, jealous streak uh, surrounding his wife, um, Marimane, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. You know, he was married, and um, he left her to marry this other woman, you know, to help solidify his political status, right? All of the sort of twisted politics of the day. And so then his, uh, you know, his very loving, haha, family poisons his mind even further throughout this paranoia. Enter his sister and his niece, and they just get him riled up and he starts to act out more and more cruelly. He ends up first killing his firstborn son and several other of his children. He starts to do some pretty um, sketchy things personally and politically. Um, At one point, this man even attempts suicide. Now, this is all history, right? To be clear, there is zero historical evidence supporting Matthew's story, of the you know execution of the innocents. now there are some things that do allow us to think that maybe this could have actually happened right there's nothing in the gospel that is valid it's not repeated in any other gospel other than Matthew and um, there's zero in antiquity in Roman history to support it other than there are stories of um, the Pharaohs killing some of the Israelite children and some other stories like that And the narrow span of age and everything of the children in that area he was um, attempting to murder would have been a relatively low number, you know, maybe a couple of dozen, which, you know, that's not relative to a family, but you follow me here. So there are some who argue that it's not in antiquity. It's not in history because it just wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) Okay. Regardless, imagine Herod, who was losing his mind and then he begins to hear word right that some child some boy is being born that is a threat to the crown now there is some evidence of this in history that he had received news that there was a threat to the crown in the gospel they call it the Messiah but that does play into the Moses paradigm of you know this other leader coming up so Herod's freaking out, right? He's already losing his mind. He's already gone so far as to kill some of his own sons to try to protect his place in political society. And so he calls on the three magis, these three dudes that are wise and holy and good and whatever, and he fills their minds with his good intentions. I'm going to argue it's irrelevant if his intentions were actually good or not. In fact, if they were, it probably is more fire for the rest of the story. So he tells the Magi, go find this young boy. Let me know. I want to meet him. I want to get to know him. Okay? So then the Magis go on their journey, and they are following the stars, as was the normal means of travel then. And as they go out on this mission to find this threat to the throne, this talented young man that is supposedly being born, they get this spark of intuition right metaphysically angels are intuition and this intuition this angel warns them, dude (laughs) don't forget herod is losing his flipping mind he's already killed some of his own children he is not interested in meeting this boy for any reason other than to destroy him and the magi think oh crap we can't help herod murder a child And so they go back and they manipulate Herod and they um, lead him astray. Herod gets super pissed off. He's like, if you're not going to help me find the kid I'm looking for, fuck it, I'm going to kill them all. And then this decree, according to the gospel, is that, you know, infants to like two years old, little boys anywhere in the area are going to be killed. And people start freaking out, right? Word starts spreading. And whether Joseph heard it through the gossip mill or from his intuition, sort of irrelevant, right? In the story, it's intuition. An angel comes to him and says, get your little boy out of here. And they head to Egypt. Simultaneously, the Magi are realizing the results of their good intentions. In their desire to protect this one threat to the throne, they have written essentially the death sentences of all these other little boys, And they are like, how do we make this right? So they gather supplies. They gather gold. This is money. Any family that is running from the king is going to need money. They bring um, frankincense. Frankincense is an anti-inflammatory. It is a pain reliever. It helps with stress and anxiety and also mineral and uh, nutrient absorption. And lastly, they bring myrrh. Myrrh fights infection and adds to healing. This was practical, right? Modern day, it'd be formula and diapers, (laughs) okay? So they gather up their supplies and they go out looking for these families to give them some support and help. Now, it is really unlikely that any of them are out in the open. It is actually, if you think of the story, right, pretty unlikely that the inn was full. They were probably hiding him, right? Jesus in the manger was likely in hiding. There was some asshole in his army trying to murder him and anyone else his age and gender. Think Anne Frank, think Underground Railroad, right? Mm -hmm. And here are the Magi setting out with nothing but hope and a prayer, following their gut instinct, their intuition, looking for the children that they can help escape the doom of Herod's decree. They find many of these children, right? There's no chance that they said, we're going to help one and not all of them. But they do find the manger, the place, according to the gospel, where Jesus was. And they give these gifts to his family, some money and some tools for healing and peace of mind, led by their intuition and quite logistically the stars which were how people navigated during the time they went out seeking these children that no doubt had potential and something to give to the world and to the families that were trying to protect them so what does all this mean metaphysically <laughs> right how does this help on our spiritual path the wise men represent our stored up knowledge and wisdom from the life of our soul through past lives and past incarnations, that part of us that knows our divinity, despite our flesh suit, the higher self, the Christ within that bears the gifts of the soul. Just like the Magi carried gifts for the children and their families who were hiding from Herod, right? Herod metaphysically is the ego. The sense consciousness, which we all know can be narrow and jealous and destructive. And so, very personally, as metaphysics is able to translate every story, the light within, the soul, the part of us that is awakening within, is being threatened by the herod of it all, by our ego, by our human experiences, by the human beings around us. And spirit, the universe, our higher self, the Christ light, whatever you choose to call it, within is that spark that comes in threefold, magnified by our faith and desire to hand us what we need to succeed. That inner wisdom guided by the star of intuition, it finds that place deep inside of us where the true self hides And it gives it gifts of knowledge, maybe teachers, maybe perfect timing, being right where you belong to get the message that you need. Maybe it's a podcast, something to lighten the load as we awaken to the truth of who we are, to give us some refuge as we wait for the Herod, for the ego to die back, where spirit can lead the way, even here in our human lives. And even all that aside, what can we take personally from the story on a very human level, as if we had watched it unfold on Facebook or something? Here's this baby and others like him who began their lives in fear, in which their very existence was being threatened. And they were on the run, in hiding, and often of humble beginnings. How did Jesus and his family survive? They followed their intuition, as we should. They accepted the help, guidance, and protection of strangers, as we should. Ask for help, beloved. And they never gave up. And from this beginning grew men not to mention the evolution of the family members involved who actually were old enough to remember what they went through. And Jesus, he grew to be an amazing teacher. An amazing teacher. The prosperity of what he did or did not do, the fake news of it all, the omission, the history textbook versions of what existed in his life, they're there and that's another conversation. But on a human level, this man who started in this way, raised by parents who no doubt carried the scars of The underground railroad of it all the hiding the fear he then went on to be brave enough to speak his truth to flip the tables in the synagogue and to push against what would have held him down he followed his heart and his calling he did the best he could with the life he was given and he didn't flinch when he said These things and greater you can do. Biblical debate aside, this is a story of overcoming and of karma. The wise men in following their intuition and doing what they believed was right, set forth an activity, a pattern of events that then threatened others. And so what did they do? They asked themselves, can we live with this? They couldn't. So they took action. They gathered supplies, and they went out to help. Jesus and his family overcoming this, being willing to come back after Herod had died. That takes bravery, right? Was the resistance still there? What about the other children? And then the you and me, the all of us. What have we overcome? Are we doing the very, very best that we can with who we are today? Or are we letting the past hold us back? Or are we like the wise men? Do we need to go fix something? Maybe not for who we hurt, right? The wise men went out. They didn't know that they were going to find that one kid. In fact, that one kid they'd helped, that wasn't the person that they hurt. They now had Threatened dozens, maybe more, young boys and their families. And so they went out seeking to help as many as they could. The modern-day political parallels here with Herod and the threatening of the children and everything else, uh, they are rich. But for today, let's just look at ourselves. Let's listen to the Magi within And to free ourselves from the Herods, Free ourselves from the ego that holds us back from the narrow mindedness and the jealousy and the limitation from the belief that acting out is how we protect ourselves. And let's follow the good examples in the story. Let's listen to our intuition. Let's prepare and let's learn and grow. That's the best ending to the story. Until next time, beloved. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session, however it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.